Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years and not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Episode 163, Tips for Cash-Strapped New Grads. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And that title was a tongue twister. Yeah, you did it. Good job. But nothing is as tongue twisting as commencement speeches. Have Have you done one? I did. Yeah, I have. Well, I don't know if you would consider it a commencement speech. Like it was at my graduation. I gave speech. Oh yeah. yeah. I did too. Cool. Aw. Wow. Look at we do have things in common. Anyways, it's not about us today. Today it's all about financial tips and career tips for new graduates. So even if you are not a new graduate, then send this along to your favorite new grad. If you are a new grad getting this, know that you're somebody's favorite. Just mm-hmm. Keep that, keep that in your heart. (laughs) This topic thrills me because I think I have a particular affinity to this age group. People in college, getting out of college. I've had the privilege of counseling quite a few young adults and I just really like this age group. So really looking forward to hopefully helping some people out with this one. Awesome. And I mean, even if you are not a new grad, you may still be able to get some of the foundational personal finance and career principles in here. And they're tips that anybody can benefit from. Mm. But first, our sponsors. Mm, Sinking funds. Not as scary as sinking sand. Often talked about, not often kept, sinking funds are essential to being able to pay for big expenses, you know, like vacations, cars, water heaters. Your sinking fund wants you to know that keeping it in a high yield savings account separate from your regular checking and savings lessens the likelihood of you spending it. Any high yield savings account without fees or minimum balance requirements will do. Currently, we really like Axos Bank because they are no maintenance fees. There are no maintenance fees, account minimums, and it has an impressive 0.61% APY. And when you sign up for the account through frugalfriendspodcast.com slash Axos, you support us. Jen and Jill, your friends, the show, and no extra cost to you. Again, that's frugalfriendspodcast.com slash A-X-O-S. Yes. This episode is also brought to you by Pizza. 
the free meal at every campus activity, the late night snack, the late morning breakfast. There are so many good things to say about pizza. It doesn't actually need any advertising. I am literally eating it as I type this, which I'm saying it right now, but I was eating it when I typed this. Pizza. You thought it got you through college. Just wait for adulthood. <laughs> I was going to say, did you have pizza for lunch? <laughs> I did have pizza one, for lunch. One can guess yes. where the inspiration for these fake sponsors comes from. Absolutely. So if you are into this topic and you want a little bit more, here are a few episodes to queue up to play after this. So episode 112 is how to graduate college without debt. So this may be if you are still in college. Or if you are out of college and you do have debt, episode 138, why paying off debt is important and attainable. So something for everyone. (laughs) Wherever you fall on the spectrum. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into our Google results. So the first one is from pnc.com and it is financial tips for recent college graduates. And there are seven financial tips. And they're all, I mean, pretty good. Like, yeah, pretty, pretty standard. Mm-hmm. I like what is on here. And I just want to start this off by saying, I think uh, post-graduation can be incredibly daunting. It's such a massive transition to go from being in school, especially if you were full-time and you did the traditional staying on campus, all of that into real life. And I think this is a lot of times where that statement of adulting comes into place. And for so many people that I have talked to, it it's really overwhelming. It kind of seems as though I'm leaving behind something really fun and I'm going into my next stage of life, which isn't that fun. And I just want to encourage if this is you that I personally, Jen, I don't know what you would say, but I have really liked adulthood as, as annoying as it can be. And all the fights that seem to need to happen and the negotiation when (laughs) like, no, please do this for me or I got to fill out another form. Yeah. All those things are true, but adulthood has not been as scary or daunting as I think society can make it out to be. So the best is yet to come and hopefully these things can help set you up, but please don't get overwhelmed by this list either. Like take the meat, spit out the bones, do what works for you. I think ultimately just having your sights set on something rather than just like burying your head in the sand and like doing whatever next is helpful. Yeah. And I think every season has its really high highs and it's really low lows. Like I was much more emotional in my early twenties. I don't, I don't know if I was more emotional. Things impacted me more because I have had less perspective on like the true meaning of life. So I felt like some of my lows were so low, Um, whereas if the same thing happens now, it's just like, whatever, that's Tuesday. (laughs) That's Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like you do, there are some things that you will never get back, like from your 20s that should for sure be embraced, but it's definitely not like, quote unquote, the best time of your life. Like any time you're alive is the best time of your life. And so know that yeah, it can be with whatever right. you embrace. I right. personally have really liked getting older. Yeah, same. I'm a much better person now in my 30s than I was in my early 20s. 
So I really enjoy <laughs> that about myself. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that ties into how do we get there? Yes. So to get into this article from PNC, they talk about seven things that like like tips, financial tips. And the first one, I like it. I do think it's important is to set goals. So thinking about both short-term and long-term goals as you're in this transition, I really like the way that this article kind of distilled it down as a way to identify goals because there's certainly competing voices all around us from professors to parents to friends to society, you name it. I really like how they challenge us to think about this and what is important to you and or what will motivate you to build good financial habits, right? Like if you're just saying, I think I'm going to want a house in 10 years, but you don't really feel connected to it. It's not going to help you actually attain some of those financial goals or create a savings plan. But to think about what do you actually want to be doing in the short term and in the long term, what's going to motivate you to get there. Those are some helpful factors that can help you to identify what do I want to get at and how can I get there? And and they use some simple examples, like as simple as do you need to be buying new clothes for interviews or jobs all the way up to do you want to be buying a house or a car in the next couple of years? Do you need to switch apartments? What's on the horizon? And what are those goals? Yeah, I like that they differentiate short and long-term goals because the long-term planning is important, but that can change. And you should be open and expect that to change. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't have a long-term goal, because if you don't have one, you go nowhere. So at least have one and expect it to change. But it's the short-term goals that really get you making headway, because our brains automatically gravitate towards instant gratification. And the closer that we can get to gratification, even if it's not instant, the more likely we are to succeed. So definitely short-term goals are super important. I've been seeing a lot of these goal charts, particularly in our Frugal Friends community group on Facebook, where people are coloring in as they get closer and closer Mm -hmm. to goals. I think that's a really great idea to have some sort of visual alongside it that can help keep the momentum. Absolutely. The next one is to create a budget. And so you've probably already been anticipating this one if you haven't already. But I want to emphasize the point that creating a budget is not a solution. Often we will hear what's the most important like part of your success or most important part of personal finance and and people just spout out having a budget like the budget is the solution. The budget really gives you, it's a tool. It gives you the map. It shows you where you're at so that you can do the deeper work of fixing either what you're spending or what you're earning. That's the work that we want to do. And that's going to come through in the rest of these recommendations. But you don't want to focus on everything at one time because there's so many things that you can focus on to improve your finances. The budget tells you where you should be looking first, what you should be prioritizing, whether that is your spending, your earning, your saving, whatever. So budget is definitely next, but it's not the solution to your problem. Mm. 
Yes. Love everything you just said. Number three on here is to start saving. This is an excellent idea, obviously, if you have income. <laughs> so if you don't have income yet, then that definitely needs to happen. Get and, that. <laughs> yeah, and we'll we'll get into a little bit more about what we can be considering regarding career path in the next article. But if you have a job solidified, this is something you want to be thinking about. Not just, ooh, look, extra money that I don't have to spend on books and coursework. Hmm extra money that I can be putting towards my future. Yes. <laughs> and a good rule of thumb on that is three to six months of living expenses. Mm-hmm. And you will know what three to six months of living expenses are once you've done number two, which was Create budget. a budget. Knowing yes. how much your bills are, how much is going out, and how much is coming in is a really simple way of looking at a budget. So once you know how much a typical month costs you, you're going to want to save up about three to six months worth of that money. It's a great starting point. Yeah. And if you're single, it's like just you, you maybe have roommates or you have parents you can kind of fall back on. You, it can be less. Like it, it can be closer to three months or even $1,000. So you can, I mean, your expenses probably won't be that high. So three months could be very could be close a to a Yeah, who knows? Ooh. But yeah, it'll be less. And then every year as your life changes, as it will exponentially in the next 10 years, uh, then you reevaluate. But definitely work on the saving first, getting that emergency fund saved in a high yield savings account separate from your regular checking and short-term savings. We want to keep it out of sight, out of mind because your brain is weak. It's don't rely on it. Just keep it out of there. Keep keep it out of your mind. <laughs> so uh, the next one is to pinch pennies. And this is probably not my favorite title for this section, but you get it. It's to start spending wisely. Um, And it says, you may be tempted to celebrate your independence by buying whatever you want. Think instead about building healthy financial habits for life. And so like I was saying before, this time in your life really is a season to be celebrated and lived. I don't think that you need to jump into adulthood saving 70% of your income so you can retire in your 30s because you miss out on all the experiences of during that this season. So I really believe that this season should be lived. But this is the time where you can start actually exploring what do I really value? Separated from my friends at school, going into a workplace where I don't know a lot of people, where I'm finally like on my own, figure out what you value apart from other people's influence. And that way you can develop a values-based spending system that allows you to spend on the things that you actually value and love and say no to 100% of the things that you do not value and love. And I think that is a much more effective strategy than pinching pennies, Mm -hmm. um, is developing those habits of wise and conscious spending. Mm, It's such an incredible aim of what do I value? Mm -hmm. What do I want to be 
pointed towards rather than what are other people telling me to be or getting caught up in this is what everyone else is spending their money on and now I just feel obligated. But Mm -hmm. I really like that concept that you're describing, Jen, of pulling apart and stepping more and more into yourself and determining who you are more and more, what is important to you. That will help to be able to cut spending where, where you don't actually even want to be spending. Mm-hmm. but also the permission to where you can afford it to be able to do some of the fun things that you want to do in your 20s. We are definitely not going to say starve yourself so that you can enjoy life when you're 65. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. But when you, the decisions you make now do affect your mm-hmm. yourself in the future. So yeah, definitely be conscious, but uh, the season is sweet so, yeah. and don't miss it. Mm. Number five is to start paying off your loans. Get them gone. Yes, they are real money. I know that the reality of that is probably just sinking in if you just graduated. I will also encourage that if you do have a job straight out of college right after graduating, don't wait that six-month period. Start chipping away at those loans, Um, even though it may not be collecting interest right now and you can wait. If you have the means to do this, you've got a job secured, start paying them down. You will not regret it. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course, this begins by looking at our loans. This can be one one of the biggest barriers to any kind of debt is just what do I actually owe? Chances are you never actually looked that closely at your financial aid package every semester that it was sent to you. So now take a look at it, tally it up, see how much you owe and determine the interest rates, the different types of loans, and then prioritize based on that. Certain loans might have a higher interest rate than others. So you want to tackle them first And of course, consider paying extra amounts towards that principal to get those as you can, right? As you Mm -hmm. might have extra uh, coming in as you've secured that job, get them gone as quickly as possible. Absolutely. And again, episode 138, uh, a good one to queue up and listen to after this if you are going to tackle your student loans. Uh, The next one, and I don't know if I would put this one next but it does fit well between the student loans and the last one, but it's work on your credit score. So again, you you might remember from our credit score episode where we did get a one-star review. You know, it's, you know, it's good when we get a one-star review. Mm, Yeah. That means we're doing, we're making people feel things. Yes. You don't ever want to pay to increase your credit score. So this is typically not something I would work on until you are already comfortable with values-based spending and you know what you want to spend on and you're not as tempted by impulse spending and stuff. But it is a good idea to get a no annual fee credit card just so that you can start working on your credit history length. So at least start working on that, but like leave it at home, maybe put one recurring thing on it all the time or keep it locked. But don't use it regularly. You don't want to be tempted to overspend and then you pay interest on a rolling balance. That's not what we want, especially when we're trying to pay off student loans potentially. 
So somebody thought we were saying that you should give out a loan or take a loan to build your credit score. And obviously we would never say that. Mm. But yeah, so you do want to work on your credit length, history length. But when you start making more money is kind of when you can start to consider your credit building. I think number seven is much more important than number six. (laughs) So number seven is think about retirement. And I know this probably seems so out of place. Like I just graduated college and now you're telling me to think about when I'm 65 or younger, depending on the financial choices you make. But the sooner, the better. The longer that you can be investing towards, saving towards, thinking about retirement, the better off you're going to be and the sooner you could potentially retire. So, of course, this is not something you don't need to be investing for retirement if you don't even have a job yet. So, like, first things first, definitely, and tackle some of those low-hanging fruits. But this is certainly something you want to think about even as you're looking for a job of do they have a 401k plan? Is that something you can take advantage of? What might you be able to do with the salary and income that you make off of a job? And have this be a part of those long-term goals that we talked about in number one. Mm -hmm. And you save so much money by starting investing early, by when you start investing early. So say your goal is to save $1 million by 60. If you start at 20 versus 30 or start at 25 versus 35, the amount you have to save overall is tens of thousands of dollars less if you just start 10 years earlier. It's actually, I think in some cases, it's $100,000. Yeah, I did the math. It's $100,000 less. If you're maxing out a uh, Roth IRA, and maybe you just start 10 years earlier, then you don't have to max out a Roth IRA and you actually save $100,000 and you still get to a million dollars by 60. So when we, in everything frugal that we talk about, we try to avoid making these $3 decisions. Like how can I save $3 by not getting a coffee or get a rebate app that gets me you know, a gift card? We try to avoid decisions like that, and we focus on decisions like this, which if I just start $100 a month into my 401k or my Roth IRA and scale up, like you can save tens of thousands of dollars on becoming a millionaire. Like it's, it's a no brainer. Or not, not just saving money for saving money's sake, but okay, don't get that coffee and then invest that money into retirement. Like do something with Mm -hmm. it, not just, oh good, I didn't get coffee today. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't have to stress over making 20 money saving decisions every week when you know that you're making the right financial decisions Mm like getting your 401k match and investing 15 to 20% of your income from a young age. Yeah, your income is lower, so that means 15 to 20% is less than what it will be later on. But starting early really does set you leaps and bounds ahead. Like compound interest doubles your money. If you're looking at a 7% return, it doubles your money about every 10 years. So like 
If you start at 35 and plan to retire at 65, that's doubling your money every three years. What if you had an extra 10 years, you started at 25, that's an extra doubling mm. right there. Yeah. And so that's a, that makes, you know, potentially $500,000 of difference. So, I mean, these are all theoretical numbers and not based in actual data, but the theory is there. So that's why I'm, I'm passionate about getting started, even with a little bit when you are young. Perfect. So our next one, if you have nothing else to say, Jill. Nothing else. Okay. You did it, Jen. You did it hard. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> um, my favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity. When I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com frugal. That's mintmobile.com frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com frugal. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Now that I have kids, I'm hyper aware of the information I put online. But unfortunately, there's only so much I can do. Our personal information is everywhere on the internet, and I don't have time to monitor and take it off every website. That's why I personally use Delete Me. Delete Me is a service that finds and removes any personal information from hundreds of data broker websites and make sure it stays off. Delete Me isn't just a one-time service. It's always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you don't want on the internet. I signed up, completed a questionnaire, and they took it from there, submitting opt-out requests to data broker sites and keeping my personal info private. To take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now, at a special discount for our listeners, today get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com frugal and use promo code FRUGAL at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL and enter code FRUGAL at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL, code FRUGAL. We are going to transition to career tips because this one didn't have a lot of career tips for new grads, and that's super important. Whether you're young or maybe you went back to school to get a different degree, it's really important to kind of reset and get started on the right foot with your career because there's absolutely still a gender wage gap aside from the enormous wealth gap. And so this is, this is going to be something especially women want to pay a lot of attention to. Yes. And it comes from Lifehack. They give six career tips. I think we're going to go through all of them. Yeah, let's do it. So the first one is be strategic about your first job. So I I liked this one. I felt like I was really strategic about my first job. 
I didn't have a lot of places to go in my career, though. Acupuncture does not offer a lot of room for growth, but I spent a few years studying not just acupuncture, but like the type of acupuncture I wanted to do. And so I was really strategic when looking for first jobs because I wanted to get into a specific industry, which was community acupuncture. And so the article says, view your first job as a means to accomplishing a specific goal. And if you graduated with a general degree and aren't sure how it relates, no problem. Approach this first job through a self-exploratory lens to help you better understand your likes and dislikes. So if there's something that you want to specialize in, try to go to that. But also, there's no harm in like doing something that's super general and has a lot of different options so you can figure out the ones that you like and don't like. So if you know what you like, good, go for it. And if not, use the first job to figure it out, not just to make money. Yeah, I, I love that tip. Just thinking a bit more intentionally about what you set your hands to. I think as a new grad, it can be exciting, like anytime you get a job offer, but definitely exploring options um, and making sure that, yeah, it, it is going to set you up in a nice place as a stepping stone. And even if not, know that you can you can move around. You can change jobs. Uh, you don't have to stay stuck in whatever that first one is, but if it can be strategic, all the better. The second tip on here is don't commit to more education before mapping out a career plan. Ooh, this is a really great tip. Yeah. I did oh not think about this one until I, it's like I knew it in my head, but what excellent advice for new grads. I think a lot of times that is the thing that just happens next, particularly in certain types of fields. It's well, are you going for your master's just immediately? A lot of people aren't entering into the workforce. They're just going for their master's next. And I, while I can't put a blanket statement over this, I do think that it can be very beneficial to get into the workforce first and identify likes, dislikes, the things that you gravitate towards before you commit to that next tier of education or at least know what you plan to do with it. And hopefully you've had some internships and hands-on experiences to validate that, yes, it is worth me just going straight away for more education. But in either situation, definitely think about those long-term goals. Where will this get me? What types of environments can this put me in? And is it is it moldable? It, let's say you don't go straight into the workforce and you do go just like six, eight years of college straight. Make sure that what you're aiming at definitely has um, some moldability to it, where if your likes and dislikes do change, you can find yourself in a variety of settings. This, I feel like, is advice that should be given to new high school graduates yeah. because so often it's just normalized to go straight from a bachelor's to a master's and then sometimes like a PhD or doctorate without spending any time in the workforce. And then these graduates with master's and doctorates get out into the workforce and then they find they don't actually like doing what they got their degree in because it's different to be practicing versus interning. 
Yes. And there's so much more to do. Yeah. And so And they don't have the experience then. Right. Versus and people a lot are looking of these to people. you mm-hmm. to be the expert. And you're just not yet. No yeah. matter what how much schooling you have, mm-hmm. like experience is what makes you an expert. And so I I felt like a lot of like corporate people on TikTok like that give like corporate advice. And one of them is a lawyer. I forget his name, but he's very dry-witted and he's a he hates being a lawyer. <laughs> and he says most lawyers hate being a lawyer. And you only <laughs> he's like you only like it if you're pretentious. I can't say that is true, but but yeah, like if you could just get out of your bachelor's and spend some time as like a paralegal or something in the law field before going to law school, like how many hundreds of thousands of dollars you could save if you don't like being a lawyer, if you don't like the Mm. culture. Yeah. There's just so much to be said about this. Yeah. It can work for people. I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to say don't ever keep going forward. Right. Right. Everybody has to look at their own situation. But, but another thing I would add to this is Sometimes we can do both. Different jobs might provide you even a stipend or pay for a decent percentage of you going back to school. So many master's programs are online and are geared towards the working professional. So you can earn your master's degree while you're also working. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different ways to explore that possibility. Ultimately, we're saying, think about it first and make sure that you've got a lot of options. And certainly if you can have somebody else foot the bill for that additional education, Mm -hmm. go for it. Yes. And we're, we are totally for master's degrees in higher education. We (laughs) We both both have it. We both have master's. Yeah. We are both for it. But we also both made sure like our masters were truly in things that we wanted to use. So yes, okay. Number three is to seek out experts to guide your career journey, not mom and dad. I like this one a lot. But sometimes I think we may we may not trust or fully respect the advice of older people because they f- may seem out of touch with what younger generations are going through. And to some extent, some people are, but they still offer a lot of of wisdom. So it's kind of like that 80-20 rule, like 20 you're going to get so much value out of the 20% and may, you know, leave the other 80%, but you got to go looking for it. You got to mm-hmm. listen or you'll never get that really valuable 20%. Yeah, I can't speak highly enough for seeking out professionals in the career that you are in or want to be in and ask for advice, guidance, support. I think professional mentorship is a really great thing to have, especially as you're starting out in your career. So definitely seek that out. Or if you've already identified somebody that you think could be really helpful, see if they're willing to chat occasionally. Yeah. Always look for a mentor. Number four on here is, is an interesting one. I bought in more as I kept reading. It (laughs) says rely on science rather than intuition. And I was intrigued. What they're talking (laughs) about is career assessments. Now, some of this seems to be speaking to hopefully what you've done some of the back end work prior to graduating with a degree in a certain area. Like hopefully you already have in mind the direct 
direction you want to be heading, but let's just say you're not, or this could be an additional help. These different types of career assessments, they recommend one called TTI, Success Insights. Really, there's a lot out there. Some of them are quite similar to personality assessments, but they can they can be quite effective in giving us information, more insight on ourselves of what are the type of environments that we work best in? What's our leadership style? What's the type of leadership style we work best under? What do I want to be considering as I enter into a certain type of environment or role? So that can be helpful in even narrowing down if you are looking for a job or looking at different types of roles which one you might be most um, qualified for or might fit best with your personal makeup and personhood. So an interesting tip, particularly if you're looking for a job and maybe you're not quite certain the type of specific field you want to be in or the type of environment, this can help to bring some focus and clarity to that. It can also be a great thing to put on your resume. Yeah. So um, another one that I like is Clifton Strengths, which used to be Strengths Finder, and some and HR people will love it if you take your Strength Finder and you put out your five. I don't remember what my strengths were, but um, that was something we did at the last job I worked at, and it can be really great to know those things and put them on your resume, and you can say these are. These are my greatest strengths, and these are how I can apply them to your role. Yeah. A lot of jobs will even pay for you to get it done in the interview process. Oh, yeah. Mine paid for it after I'd already been hired. Mm-hmm. So that was that was fun. And they were so accurate. So I can see how they would say rely on science rather than intuition because it was, you know, behavioral science. Oh. So number five is think specialty. So the more you can acquire in-demand skills, the more marketable you become. And so like our, our number one is to think, think strategically about your first job or at least, you know, current job, next job, whatever, and get a feel for what you want to specialize in. And then once you do, go specialize in it. But let me tell you this, just because you want to specialize in it now and maybe you become an expert and you specialize in it. You have the prerogative to change your mind at any time, and you can choose to specialize in something else. At any time down the road, you are not married to your specialty. So definitely take time to figure out what you want to specialize in so that you don't waste time, but know that you have every right to throw them a plot twist. (laughs) Oh, yes. I love that. There's so much freedom and Mm -hmm. that can bring so much permission to us to know I don't have to stay here forever. I don't have to be stuck. Mm -hmm. So number six on, especially if we make wise financial decisions from the onset, then Mm -hmm. there's even more freedom. So that's my little plug. (laughs) Number six on here is consider high in-demand occupations. You can certainly Google them. You can go on Indeed and look at what are people primarily hiring for. Again, this is a little bit more so one that might be helpful as you're determining a career path. But even once you have your degree, 
I like how number six encourages us to look at the pliability of our degrees that just because I have a degree in, I don't know, education doesn't necessarily mean I have to go be a teacher of this grade level. There are a lot of skill sets that come along with really any degree that we may have obtained that we could translate into various environments if we can get creative and if we can also have a good understanding of our own skill sets. So if you are having difficulty finding a job in maybe the specific niche that you were hoping for, consider what else is out there and how your degree, skill set, education, background experiences have maybe helped prepare you for something even a little bit different. Absolutely. You know what we can prepare for that's different? Mm. The The Bill of the the Week! time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. Hi, ladies. I just wanted to share with you my bill of the week is all of my bills. All of my debt is gone $34,233.05 in 12 months. My husband and I worked so hard for the whole year of 2020, and everything is finally gone. We are a family of six, four boys, and my husband and I, and we were able to pay that all off on one income. Thanks, guys. Wow, Kelly, that is awesome. $34,000. I mean, she knew it down to the penny. She knew it down to the penny, yeah. (laughs) Which, when you're going that hard at paying down debt, you know it to every last cent. But what an amazing accomplishment and a huge feat for 2020. The silver lining. Well done. All right, here's our next one. Hey there, I just wanted to tell you that I've been listening to your podcast for the last six months or so, and I just paid off my private university loan, and I am so excited, and I appreciate everything, and anybody can do it, even in a pandemic. Another one! Oh, how (laughs) perfect. We don't listen to these bills before playing them, but I love that we ended up with two debt payoffs on our college grad episode. There you go. There's some encouragement for you. Well done. I feel the freedom alongside you. Oh, man. This This is what happens when you, like, stop just living like for today and just start making the wise decisions that allows you to think for the future, but also still enjoy today. Like when you start making those bigger decisions. And so we are so proud of you ladies and we want to hear your debt payoff bills too. So if you want to submit yours, please visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill and leave us a bill and we will play it and celebrate with you. 
How do I get my partner on board with our finances? It's a top question we get from listeners, and we've realized it's a game changer when there are tools that allow you to work together better, like Monarch. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple design makes it so easy to set up and manage your household finances. Plus, they have built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. After trying out Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001 and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash special for $1,000 off Vanta. And now it's time for the lightning round. So today, let's talk about either biggest mistake and or thing you're proud you did as a new grad. And we're not saying regrets, no regrets here, because any mistake is just an opportunity for learning. Mm, beautiful, Jen. I feel like I I have both for you. I have okay. a bit of a mistake. I have a bit of a non-mistake. What is that? What's the opposite of a of a mistake? Success. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. Okay. Neutral. Action. So <laughs> my my thing that I'm proud I did as a new grad was looking at my debt right away. And this was before I got deep, not deep into finance. I'm still not deep into finances. <laughs> but it's before I knew about the Frugal Friends podcast. It's before I knew your <laughs> sweet face. I've never liked debt. So I think that that's just like embedded into me. And so upon graduation, I think I knew, okay, I'm not accruing any more debt. This is where it stops. And now we swing the pendulum the other way. So even looking at how much do I owe, I started making a cross off color in some sort of sheet, how to get rid of this thing as fast as possible. The thing that And I don't even know if I'd go so far as to say a mistake, but looking back, I think I I wish that I did have a bit more permission inside myself. It's like you say, Jen, I am glad for my experiences and there's an aspect where I don't know how much those experiences have actually helped mold, shape, all of that, but straight out of college, my getting my bachelor's degree, I 
worked at the place that I interned at while I was in my senior year. So I was just thrilled that they offered me a job. I was so exhausted <laughs> by that point that I didn't I liked that I didn't have to put an effort towards looking for a different job. There's parts of me that wished that I had. I'm not saying that I regret it entirely, but I think looking back, I didn't feel the permission to look around, shop around, or really the confidence to know that I do have something to bring to the table. Yes, I didn't have the same level of experience that I do now, but I think I stayed in that job far too long, making far too little, working far too hard. It was intense. I kind of do wish I had gotten out sooner. But again, my goodness, did I gain some incredible skill set. So I think out of that, just advice that I would pull from that is to know your value. Again, you do have to get some experience. Like You can't Mm -hmm. step out of college and anticipate you're going to be making well into the six figures. Uh, Of course, it depends on what you're doing. But as a social worker, no, I could not anticipate that. But just feeling the permission. I wish I would have felt the permission sooner. It really burnt me out. Yeah, I, that's a big problem with anybody in industries of like more philanthropic industries. And I think young people too, I think we don't know, we don't have as much of a handle on boundaries, what Mm -hmm. is and isn't okay. And we might just have such tenacity and, and companies and organizations will eat that up. Like, yes, we have a tenacious young person, but they can chew you up and spit you out too. Mm -hmm. So I think just having a better pulse on that burnout and (laughs) not doing as much 60 hours a week for $26,000 was a little too much. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got out of there and you're making well above that now. Yes, me too. (laughs) What about you? For me, I'm glad that I moved back to St. Pete after I graduated. That's not something I wanted to do, but obviously it's how I met Travis and super happy here. I'm glad I got a weekend job that was more out of less out of money and more out of wanting to work in foster care to experience that in order to one day become a foster parent. So I did it for that, but I'm glad I got it because it helped with money. I had my first job out of college. I had, I got an extra job in St. Pete. And I had this boss that really gave me an opportunity. I failed one of my licensing exams and I had to wait six weeks and she had already hired me. So I was doing desk work for her and stuff. And she really took a chance on me. She really supported me, but she couldn't pay me. And so I worked for a few months after for, gosh, almost a year, I guess, after she hired me. I was with her for almost a year and it was almost six months after I got my license And I asked for a raise because I was doing good work and I was being paid a lot more at the other acupuncture job that I had just one shift a week. Um, And she couldn't, she couldn't give me more money. And so I had this internal dilemma and, and this, I had this other opportunity where they're like, we'll give you more. But I felt like I was abandoning her and kind of spitting in her face for taking that time with me. And so I ultimately left because I couldn't get more from her. She, I really gotten so much 
in that nine, 10 months. But what I needed next was actually money to be paid more than $10 an hour with a master's degree. And so that I am, I'm proud of taking the courage and being committed to myself first before an employer, because I really did enjoy her. She was so great. Um, We'd become good friends, but ultimately like she was my livelihood and I wanted a boss that could pay me, not like somebody I could go have a beer with after work. Um, So that's kind of probably the thing I'm most proud of. Yes. Again, it's that permission Uh piece. To, to, to know you don't have to stay somewhere and you can be shopping around. And, yeah. and like you said, like you don't, you don't owe her your livelihood. Mm-hmm. You can send a nice thank you for being a stepping stone along the way. And it sounds like you did put in your time. Like you worked for free for a time while she took a chance on you. But yeah, I don't, you don't owe her anything beyond that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a, a mistake. I think so yeah, it is a mistake. I I've, I've, was very much trapped in a scarcity mindset. And still, I'm very candid about that being something I still struggle with. I think it's a common struggle in the frugal world. I really was tied to this buying everything as cheap as possible, but still not paying off my student loans because those looked too hard. Mm. Um, so that was maybe the biggest mistake that I made is not having the faith in myself to make the big decisions and only having enough faith in myself to make really small decisions. Mm. Yeah. Some of that comes in time. And Mm -hmm. I think some of this, like we couldn't have skipped ahead to what we know now and the permission that we found and the greater confidence. I mean, some of that happens because we're acutely aware that we're new, we're green behind the ears. But there are some pieces where, yeah, I I think it can happen quicker (laughs) than than it did for some of us. So Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. We hope that this has been an encouragement to you. Please do hang out with us in our Frugal Friends community group on Facebook. Give us more of your tips uh, for new grads or if you are a new grad, what it is that you're doing or what you might want support from the community on. We're, We're here for all that. And also, thank you so much for leaving your kind reviews on iTunes and Stitcher like this one. Some some people leave rude ones, but I take it they're not listening right now. (laughs) Um, Thanks for your kind ones like this one that comes from PJ Allen 69 titled Relatable Financial Experts That Treat Everyone Like Adults. It is five stars. Thank you, PJ. I love this podcast. Frugal Friends Jen and Jill are very relatable financial experts that treat everyone like adults, peers, equals to improve our relationship with money. They articulate extremely well, delve into thought processes and questions that may be bouncing around your head and engage in an empowering, open-ended, conversational approach that presents options that might work for you. They treat all questions with grace, respect, and a sincere response. There are no stupid questions or stupid people on this show. How refreshing. Frugal Friends is the complete opposite of many other financial shows where the hosts seem like preachy gods touting their one-size-fits-all financial (laughs) roadmap while making their audience feel like idiots. 
Jen and Jill always make you feel like a valued frugal friend and truly want everyone to do the best they are able to do with their money. This is why I find their podcast hopeful and encouraging for everyone and highly recommend it. Whoa, PJ Allen 69. I am incredibly humbled by the words that you chose. I mean, such a thorough review. Not all reviews have to be so thorough, but you really took a lot of time with this and we so, so appreciate it. I'm very, very glad to hear that you feel valued and a part of this community. Goodness, is that the aim? Just creating a no judgment area where people can experience support and encouragement. So what an amazing thing to read. Thank you. Yeah, we can say all day what we want people to get out of the show, but to read it like back at us from our listeners point of view is a feeling. It gives me feels that it's very rare. So thank you. They're very cherished. So we also want to thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. So when you share the latest episode and tag us on Facebook or Instagram, we're adding you to our monthly drawing. So for every five tags and reviews we get each month, we're giving away a copy of the Frugal Friends Workbook. Mm, So keep leaving us reviews on iTunes or Stitcher. Send us the screenshot of that review to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And also keep tagging us on social. We see it. And we thank you for it. And uh, we'll be in your ears next week. See ya. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. So Jill, what were you going to tell me? Oh my goodness. We started? Yes. I have been cracking up all day long. So <laughs> it's been a while since I've been on Facebook Marketplace. I just haven't had much that I need to buy and I haven't had much that I need to sell. Yeah. So I've just not been on it. Well, we are in the midst of renovations and kind of through that process, taking some things out of our home, you know, like ceiling fans and doors and stuff like that. And rather than just like junk it, I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, some of this stuff I could get a little bit of money for and a little bit adds up. So anyhow, you can find me back on Facebook Marketplace right now. (laughs) And I am realizing some of the reason that it's not always my favorite space to be. Eric said it this way. He's like, you think you understand and know humanity or have a good, decent grasp on humanity. And then you interact with people on Facebook Marketplace and it just throws it all out the window. Although there is a part of me that does really enjoy it. I think I'm just kind of having fun at this point. The amount of, I don't know, just ridiculousness that's happening. So here's what happened today. Okay. Tell me. This is probably my fault. I should have just put this up for free on the Buy Nothing group, but... I got a a filing cabinet from a yard sale. I've been looking for a filing cabinet. I've got enough. I keep client files. But I was able to then, now I'm able to get rid of like an old plastic. It's just a small square plastic filing bin, okay? 
Like it has a lid on it. You can put drop files in it. I'm just trying to sell it for five bucks porch pickup. Probably should have just put it up for free, but I'm just listing a ton of stuff. So I'm like, here we go. I'll list this. It's amazing. I have had like 20 people reach out about this thing. No one has actually come and gotten it yet, but the questions. So I have had someone ask me, is it fireproof? Um, No, it's plastic. It's also only $5. I've had someone ask me, does it work? Well, it's a plastic <laughs> filing bin. Uh, yeah, it, it it works, but it's, it's just a plastic bin. <laughs> um, and then my favorite, actually, it was the same person who asked me, does it work? And I almost didn't respond because I'm like, I, I, I know you. I see you and I don't think so. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I'll play because this is I'm just sitting at home in between phone calls. I'll play. Yes, it works, but it's just plastic. Okay. $5 porch pickup. I have it listed that way. This person literally has the audacity to then say, would you take $4 and I'm coming from 30 minutes away. Can you meet me halfway? (laughs) Jen, I have been dying of laughter all day long just thinking about this person and their questions. I know we just read a review where it's like, there's no stupid questions. And that's not stupid. Um, It's just laughable. (laughs) I have been laughing. I have literally been laughing out loud. Like $4. (laughs) $4. Like just negotiating for the sake of negotiating. And then trying to get like, not only are you going to talk me down, you're going to ask me to get in my car to deliver a $4 plastic bin to you because you're 30 minutes away. Meanwhile, I have my zip code listed. Why are you looking that far outside of your radius if you're not willing to drive there? Hmm. For a $5 plastic, does it work? Will you take four? Can you meet me halfway? Just like, what is the world? (laughs) What is St. Petersburg, Florida? This is all over, though. I can't just blame it on Florida. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) You know, the lesson here would be you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. (laughs) And she doesn't know that you're the type of person with boundaries. So keep taking the shots and hoping the other person doesn't have a podcast. (laughs) Done. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.